Welcome to Qualgen's podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness related, including hormones, pharmaceuticals, health trends, and ways you can help better your life. Hi, everyone. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I am joined with Dr. John Thomas again. If you missed our first podcast together, make sure to go back and listen to it. It is filled with great information about hormone pellets. Dr. Thomas, thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you, Ms. Jennifer, for having me. Absolutely. Dr. Thomas is here to talk with us about pellet implant release rates and the differentials that may apply to different situations in terms of pellet release rates. In case anyone missed our first podcast together, can you tell us your background in hormone pellets and how you've gained the knowledge that you have? You know, I'm a surgeon by trade. In my surgery, my sub-practice specialty was doing endocrine surgery. So I would take thyroids, pancreas, adrenal glands, and then majority of my patients were cancer reasons, I would follow them. And so I always had hormone management part of my treatment regimen for my patients. And I love data. Mm-hmm. So every 10 years, I look at my numbers. And uh, so when I looked at my thyroid numbers, I've done about 120 different thyroidectomies, about 15% of cancer. And so there's a big difference between my cancer thyroid patients and my non-cancer thyroid patients in which uh, my cancer patients were a lot better off because I was treating them aggressively with making sure that TSH, the thyroid-stimulating hormone, was almost zero because I know the pain it is to go back into somebody's neck after you're taking the thyroid out and you go back in there, you'll get the parathyroid that controls the calcium or you'll get the recurrent laryngeal nerve that controls their voice box and no one likes them not to talk. Maybe the spouses might. But you know, <laughs> as a physician, that's a great liability. So I would super manage them by treating the symptoms. But the benign patients, I would just say, well, your numbers look good. The thyroid range from 2.2 to 4.8, and maybe 2.3, and they gained 20 pounds in the last five years. I've been following them, and they're, they're cold, the hair is falling off, they're miserable, they're depressed. But your number looks good. You're 2.3. I lose weight, exercise, do the right thing. And, but when I looked at my number, I said, I could not justify this. And that's what opened my eyes into hormones. And I thought there has to be better way to manage. The other thing is that I was looking at my patients. Again, I love data. And I was looking at, and I have a lot of patient loyalty that, that stay with me. If I do the gallbladder 10 years ago and they get a hernia or they get a penis, they'll come back to me. And I was looking at my patient profile and in five, 10 years, Nobody was getting healthier. They were getting miserable. They were taking more medicine. They were gaining weight. And I said, man, is this how I'm going to age? Well, this looks awful. Mm -hmm. And that's what opened my eyes into let's fix the causes, not put a bandaid on the symptoms. Mm, Absolutely. So how long have you been doing the pellets for? How did you get introduced to hormone pellets? So, you know, I had a, you know, because again, when I realized there's more to it. So I started doing research about, you know, how do you optimize hormones? Mm-hmm. You know, and so therefore 2013 is where, you know, it was a personal journey because I was having difficulty with my memory. And I've always, always been, my greatest strength was I could remember phone numbers, names, and I was a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> and I was struggling because I would struggle to ask for instrument in surgery. And so I started inquiring. I said, there's more to it. So I know one of my friends in Dallas, she's a gynecologist. And she, she told me, hey, you know, maybe check your hormone. Typical male response. I said, man's hormone should be fine if they can have sex. 
And so I told us my hormones fine. <laughs> okay, then you're you having dementia. Maybe it's you got Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Live that way. So she was the one who opened my eyes into hormones, and I got my hormones checked. It was like four forty or so, and then I got a pellets done, and it really changed my life. I started mm-hmm. sleeping better, became less irritable. I didn't think everybody was that everybody was that stupid, and <laughs> I had more grace. That's my personal experience, and that's what made me look more into it. And 2013 is when I started offering service to others. I think it's huge when providers start offering a service because it helped them first. I mean, it just goes to show that it really works and you're doing something to actually help people because it helped you. So I think that's awesome. And the other thing was when I, I was the very first one in West Texas to do this in mm-hmm. Eastern Mexico to do this. So I didn't have any, I felt, I felt like I was John the Baptist you know, eating, <laughs> eating locust and, you know, eating honey and people call you crazy because, and then I pelleted my nurse practitioner back then in 2013 and my wife and uh, made a big impact in their life. Mm-hmm. So slowly, I've never had any kind of marketing strategy, one person at a time. And now in West Texas, I have the biggest hormone practice because it's word of mouth. We don't have mm-hmm. any Facebook ads or we don't try to con patients to come get free cheese if you get pellets. No. And, but it works because there are people coming all walks of life and driving as far as six, seven hours to get to me to get the hormones optimized by me. Yep. We always hear that, that, you know, the wife comes in and it changes her life. So she goes back home and tells her husband and then he comes in and then they tell their friends and it just spreads like wildfire. What are the benefits hormone pellets have in terms of hormone replacement therapy compared to other forms of therapy? Well, you know, like um, optimizing hormone by itself, and I'm talking about optimizing your thyroid, mm-hmm. your testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, and I consider vitamin D as a hormone. It's a pro-hormone. So optimizing all those things, you know, you will have increased energy, you decrease your risk of heart disease, you decrease your risk of breast cancer, you burn more fat because you increase your metabolism. You know, testosterone by itself increases blood flow by 30 to 35% oh, wow. to tissue to tissues like brain, mm-hmm. intestine, muscles, joints. So chronic inflammatory patients will get better. I've treated patients with plaque psoriasis with this, increasing blood flow. And, you know, so you, you increase your use of glucose. So if a diabetic is on three medicines, becomes diabetic on one medicine. And you sleep better. I've had patients that uh, their mental facility gets better. They think clearly. Their, their depression becomes milder, which is manageable by just better coping skills rather than drugs. So, you know, again, it has multi, multi level of uh, benefits to our body. Mm-hmm. And how do you determine what dosage each individual needs? You know, so the dosage is based on each individual's activity. Mm-hmm. So if they are a, a triathlete, they burn a lot more. So mm-hmm. I, I always tell people hormone is just like gasoline in a vehicle. If you're a V4, you'll get you better mileage. But if you're a V4 hauling a trailer, you'll burn more gas. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to you as a person and your emotional, physical psyche in the world you live in. And so the dosage is what I get to pick based on what they do but the frequency, how much they get it, how often they get it, is based on who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. So, how do you determine if you have a new patient? What do you? How do you determine their initial dosage? You know, and there are some dosing sites commercially available. 
that people can put the height, the weight, you know, the testosterone level, the estrogen level, the PSA for guys, and, and ask questions like any history of breast cancer or if you have polycystic ovarian syndromes and stuff like that, and they can come up with, but I know I've been doing this for so long, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I use their, from my guidelines, are very, the height, weight matters. Because mm-hmm. we talk about increases of blood flow. Fat has no blood flow. Muscles has. So somebody who's 5'2", weighs 400 pounds, I'm not going to give them for the weight of 400 pounds. But if I have a 6, 5, 10, a volleyball player that comes to me and uh, she weighs 160 pounds, she's full of muscle. Mm-hmm. So she might get more. And also, what activity do they engage in? Are they somebody that work out four times a week and they play, they go skiing every weekend or they go water skiing? And are they active? Mm-hmm. You know, or are they just a, a sea lion plot up in sofa all day long waiting for their <laughs> trust fund money to come in? <laughs> so I, I look at their met- basic metabolism, their activity, and also their stressful environment they're in. A okay. single mother with three kids that go ship everywhere or somebody's, you know, husband is in military in Afghanistan or some other place and stressors and stuff like that. So all those things matter. And that's where I personally get to my dose on my patients. And what happens to the pellets after they are implanted? You know, that's a great question because, you know, we are in this culture of lab, 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 lab. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I, I get a lab to get a baseline. Where did you start? Mm-hmm. Then everybody of my 6,000, 7,000 patients has gone through me for the last eight, nine years. I get a baseline lab. So if you started at testosterone 12 for a girl, I want to know what the baseline, where to go up to. Mm-hmm. And also we have a great symptomatic, you know, symptom checklist where they fill out. And then we can say, okay, these are the symptoms they got relief from in four weeks when the labs come back. And so, so what, what you'll see is that an average woman of 12 will go up to anywhere from 125 to 200. That's where they'll go to, you know, their four-week lab draw will show. Mm-hmm. And so what that guides me is this, but their mountaintop is 200. So average woman will consume about 15 points of testosterone every week. So that'll 15, you know, but some can consume 45. Somebody that works out five times a week, they'll burn a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of patients that have had, they were injectors. They would inject the stuff and uh, they'll come and say, man, when I switch to pellets, I feel good for three, four months, really good. So it's a sustained release. Mm -hmm. It releases higher in the morning and it shuts off in the evening. That's why a lot of people that get the hormones, they start saying, man, I'm sleeping much better because the peak of energy of the testosterone starts winding down as you're ready to go to sleep based mm-hmm. on its circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then the pellets just completely dissolve, right? Completely dissolve because I was saying in my clinic is that, you know, I don't give everybody a different scar. Like some patient patients been for me eight years, they have maybe two or three scars on each side of the butt. For ladies have three, you know, because if they ever want to be a nudist, I don't want to be the reason why they can't be a nudist. <laughs> And then you assume, you know, I was going to be nudist, but Dr. Thomas, you know, because so I, you know, you can't feel on girls where the last pellet was. Sometimes you'll feel scar tissue when you're putting up there. So I change the direction. And men, sometimes you can see a fibrotic scar, but never a pellet. 
And how can the release rate of the pellets vary with each individual? I know we kind of talked about the dosing, but does the release rate, like you were talking about, does that change based on the individual? Yes, because the release rate is going to be based on your usage. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody that's uh, you know, riding, I mean, it's riding 30 miles a day and it increases the blood flow to the muscle and the testosterone has receptors in the muscle, receptors in the gut, you know, and so therefore the release will, it will need, has some greater demand. I've had patients, you know, we live in West Texas and it's a farming community. So about two winters ago, a lot of people's cotton was sitting on because there's a bad cold, but snow, they could not harvest it. And I would say 10 to 15% of my farmer patients, they bought the dually and got me picking at the time. I need my pellet because the stress made them release the hormones. And they call me, my, my pellet's gone. It's disappeared. It's only three months. And they were, you know. And so, again, the usage controls. Who you are as a person controls what you use. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you're a V8 engine and hauling a huge horse trailer and going up the mountain, you're going to use a lot more gas. How do you make sure that these pellets, with well, the hormone levels remain in a safe range? That's a great question, Jennifer. So a lot of people is misunderstanding. Who is the king of deciding what the range is? Mm-hmm. When you think about labs, labs are drawn on sick people. And so the lab range that's defined for men is from 251 to 1100 has no age specification at all. So if you are 35 years old and your testosterone is 251, you're normal. Mm-hmm. If you're 90 years old in a nursing home with one foot in the gray with one foot in the banana peel, <laughs> 251 is still normal. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I say it's not. that's not true. The range is not decided by any one of us. So I'm not, and again, I have patients that, if I treated the range, they'll go, Doc, I feel miserable like I did before. Because mm-hmm. they're coming. So our goal is not to fix the lab, which was drawn inappropriately to the years of history and have, have data points. Our job is because to fix the symptoms of fatigue, irritability, insomnia, depression, no, you know, married people in the mid-40s having no sexual desire. Mm-hmm. You know, the wife saying that I'd rather have a husband go on an oil rig and stay there for three years, I'd be great. And those are the things. So symptomatic relief is what we're looking for. So I know there's some people that don't do this for a living. They're going lab, super physiological level. They've never seen a patient. Because I go back to my thyroid example I used earlier. And my benign cancer patients, I knew they were benign, so I would never go back to their neck. Mm-hmm. I would treat them based on what the lab said. They'd be 2.3, they're miserable. I said, nah, it's not there's nothing wrong with what my treatment regimen is. It's your fault. You figure it out. Do whatever you got to do. Eat grass, sleep upside down, do whatever you got to do. But my cancer patients, I knew the chance, how difficult it would be for me to go back in the neck. I would have them in a higher range and everybody felt better. So I for sure know that a lab should never, never predicate what you treat a patient with. I'm a surgeon. I use pain control after big abdominal surgeries. I don't have a protocol that tells me how much morphine that you need. You know, how much more than every patient is different. So when we give them the PCA, patient control analgesia, they get to press the button. Mm-hmm. If they're in pain, if they're asleep, they're not going to press the button. But if they're in pain, they can press the button. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes here in the hormone world. 
is that we have to change our flawed mentality, which is based out of labs from the doctors who sit there that don't treat real patients, that treat, say, the numbers is 2.2. That's good. But we don't, how much insulin does somebody need to bring the sugar down? Whatever it takes to bring the sugar down below 120. You don't go, I gave you four units. I can't do this anymore. No. It's not a one size fit all. It doesn't because you can, a lab can measure testosterone, Mm -hmm. but the barrier might be that you might have a cellular resistance that doesn't getting in. Mm -hmm. You might not have enough receptors to, so you might have something doesn't mean it's getting in your cell level, but when it gets in the cell level, what happens? Your symptoms improve. Because I could not sleep, but being on hormones, I sleep. And so if that does work, so I have patients who said, Dr. Thomas, my four symptoms have gotten better, my sleep and my energy is still not there. They might need more. Mm-hmm. It's not a lab thing. It's a symptom relief thing. Makes total sense to me. I And I don't think you could explain it any better than you did. My next question was going to be, how can you measure the release rate of pellets? But it's all, like you just said, in the symptoms of the patient. And if they're genuinely feeling better. Not just a number, because who, who are you to judge that my number is optimal for me and how I'm feeling? But you know how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. If you have symptomatic relief from your issues that you came for, that's the end point goal. Mm-hmm. That's the end point goal. How big of a steak do you want is how big your stomach is. <laughs> because this little petite woman like you, you want a three ounce steak. Don't give me that three ounce steak, but it'll go, it'll go up my nose. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that covered everything I have. Is there anything additional you would like to add? No, I think, you know, it's it's time has come for us to treat patients not based on protocols. Mm-hmm. I think we're in this culture where everything's protocol. And that's classically seen in the COVID world. You have COVID symptoms, but your test is negative or randomly test people with the asymptomatic. I'd never find a guy on the street. I think you got appendix. Let's go test your appendix. You got to come in. Mm-hmm. And so the greatest thing is that For me, in eight, nine years of doing this hormone therapy, I think I've made more people feel better. I've gotten people healthier. I've gotten people off medicines. I've drawn very little labs. I like the labs for baseline, but I was trained to be a hormone surgeon. And so therefore, I'm not asking everybody just to do this because after 7,000, close 7,000 patients, I've become an expert of you know, using how to dose patients. So don't be cowboys and go, I don't need a dosing site. If you're learning this thing, please get trained, go to a dosing site, use the dosing site. It is a safety. It'll protect you from doing something bad because you can never take testosterone out. I know we have, when we have providers come to us that are wanting to start pellets, you know, the procedure is the easy part. Anybody, any of these doctors can learn how to do the procedure. It's the dosing that we're like, that's where you all need it help and guidance. So absolutely agree with that. Thank you again for joining me. In the meantime, if anyone has any questions for Dr. Thomas, you can find his contact information on his website at lindsaysmedicaldayspa.com or on Facebook at Lindsay's Med Spa. Thank you again, Dr. Thomas. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, Ms. Jennifer. God bless. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Please make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. Stay up to date on Qualton. Have a great day.